Beatboxing for the intro. Oh well, I, I thought we were cutting it. I didn't know you, you played it. Hello, guys. Welcome back to episode. Oh man, ten. We are on episode. See, I remember this. You time. looked at the confirmation. <laughs> Last time yeah. I was like, woo, nine, eight, seven, six. No, uh, this is our tenth episode. Mm-hmm. Three months in, tenth episode. That's kind of crazy. It's either we're spanning these out. We're spanning. No, not out even of- three months in. Almost three months in. So towards the end of this month, around Christmas time, it'll be three months. Three months in, ten episodes. We only missed like. That's not even counting our mini sods. We only missed like one week. We missed like two weeks when I was on vacation. Oh yeah, you were and on then you had finals in like Denver, or we Colorado. Had, yeah, we had mini something. gaps in between. Denver's but- in Colorado. Yeah. We 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 were prepared. We had our episodes, our mini episodes to back up. And oh, okay. So yeah, that makes sense because we were if, well prepared. If we miss like two weeks, you know, three months. I mean, <laughs> ten episodes in, you have been putting up with us ten episodes. That's what's up. Thank you so much, guys. We ever are forever grateful. But yeah, yeah. welcome to episode ten of In the Clutch Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, great to have you back here with us and. Andrew, yeah. What up? are we talking about today? I don't. Um, you so know I, what we're talking about today. I know what we're going to talk about today. But side note, so I just I have my <laughs> computer in front of me. Yes. And the you know that pad, the the sheet that I put over my keypad. Yeah. Keyboard, which was annoying me when I started. I just realized, man, I wrote. I use that shift button a lot, but I use the S and C button the most. How do you type on your thing. MacBook with that cover on? Like I told you, it doesn't. I have to hear the clicks of the keyboard. Yeah, you are, you have nails. I don't understand why you have to like just like okay. This, it doesn't. This is if you can hear this. This is what it she, doesn't give me any validation when there's a cover on it and I can't hear. This is what Ellie wants to hear. <laughs> okay. Yes, she, she wants to hear that. Tell I know I'm not the only one, guys. So all our okay. listeners, I know I'm not the only one who's OCD like that. I'm cool. And with I'm that, so old. Like an I'm such keyboard. a millennial and a boomer. That you're a boomer that I have to hear the clicks of the keys. See, I don't mind, like... I can't, because that doesn't validate if the letter was typed or not. Yeah, it does. I see it on the screen. Well, you know, I'm even when, I, even when I'm not looking at the screen, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty confident where... Yeah, I'm not. I have to hear the clicks to know that I'm confident. Oh, see? man, that sounds like a social media also <laughs> conundrum as well. Gotta have those likes to know that I'm confident. No. Wow. I know you're not about that life. I am really not about that life, guys. Um, but yeah, so what we're going to talk about today, I'm just going to put your name in there. Um, My name is at the bottom of the letter. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm talking about the, the save file. right there. Oh, you're going to save it? Oh, I'll nice. Okay. Um, yeah, so what we're going to talk about today is all the stuff that's been happening. Yes. Yes. And then we're also going to bring it into a letter to Ellie's self. Well, okay, you you need to come back and present that a little bit better. Okay, well, I <laughs> so um, is it not to yourself? It is to myself. It's a younger self. Yeah. So to basically, yourself. okay, I I took this concept um, from the Players Tribune. Mm. Um, can you explain to them what the Players Tribune is for anybody who doesn't know who the play, what the Players Tribune is? It's, it's a newsletter. Yeah. Uh, written by athletes. I thought you asked me. <laughs> oh, I thought. I thought you were gonna if you knew what it was or you were gonna explain it. But basically the Players Tribune is a newsletter um written 
with submissions from act from you know uh, real athletes who write submissions into the the newsletter and they publish it, and it's actually pretty cool. It's a lot of uh, a lot of good material, a lot of good insight, a lot of good experiences that you get to read from um, all different types of athletes. Yeah, and Kobe, um, they have this this uh, this segment or on their uh, their newsletter called Letter to My Younger Self, mm-hmm. um, and I read a couple. I read one. Uh, I read Ray Allen's Chauncey Billups, which was also a really good one. And of course, my favorite one was Kobe. So he literally writes a letter to his 17 year old self the night before he gets drafted. Basically, explains. So he wrote this in 2016. So at the time, he was retiring. Yeah. On his final season, so he he was retiring. He he was retiring and. He was ready to step into the next phase of his career. So his basketball career as a player was ending due to injury, um, sadly. But the next phase of his life was starting. Mm -hmm. So he wrote this letter um, to his younger self, his 17-year-old self. Basically what he would tell his 17-year-old self the night before he got drafted. And it's actually pretty good. If you guys um, have time, definitely check it out. Mm. Very heartfelt letter. So I drew that concept and I wanted to, initially I wanted to um, do both of our letters in one setting, but I figured... Oh, you wanted to write my letter for me? <laughs> no, no. Is that what you wanted to do? Yeah, no. Andrew. It was Andrew's <laughs> idea to break up, uh, the, the to separate the letters. So That's we were going right. to do one episode with one letter mm-hmm. and another episode with the, the other person's letter. So just so we have room to break everything down, explain it, any questions we have for each other, things that we didn't know about each other before. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's going to be a lot of digging, digging real deep. Digging and finding diamonds. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Andrew's going to actually just read the letter. But just a a small current events thing before we get to the Oh, yes. Real quick. Debo. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, that's something you wanted to. Yes, that's one something. Uh, if you guys have not heard, um, Tiny Lister—that's his real name, Tiny Lister, famously known as Debo from the Friday movies—passed um, away mm-hmm. today. Um, and Andrew actually has a interesting story and experience with him. Yeah. And, and Where did you run into him, Andrew? I don't know if this is like a common occurrence mm-hmm. with other people. Like maybe it's like you had to be there type of story. Yeah. But also I'm, mm-hmm. I'm also wondering, I'm like, you know, when people run into celebrities or different actors or stuff like that, they'll be like, oh yeah, they were cool. You know? Were you starstruck? I didn't know about Friday. Oh, I knew him. Can you believe Andrew, guys, our listeners, I can you believe him. Andrew asked me if I've ever seen the movie Friday? Oh, yeah, like, I, I don't that. have all the Fridays on DVD. That's how him. old I am. I knew him from, uh, oh, Fifth Element. Yeah. Yeah, I knew him from that. And mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew him from Fifth Element and uh, Little Nicky before I knew yes. him about <laughs> Fridays. That is like, oh my God, I love that movie. Yeah, I, and I'll never forget, it was like the Fifth Element, he was like sweating bullets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, but he was better known as the big bully, the black president the, in the, development. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was more commonly known for his work as the neighborhood bully in the Friday movies, which is yeah. stars Ice Cube and uh, Chris, Chris Tucker. Tucker. Oh my God, one of the the classic, 
classic, classic movie. Yeah. Everybody in my generation has, has seen this movie. Yeah. Um, but that's who we grew up remembering, you know, with this, tied to this role, yeah. was Debo. And I didn't know him. So, but I knew him from the other movies. Yeah. Um, so you weren't starstruck. Yeah, I was not starstruck. Uh, unfortunately, maybe if I <laughs> would, it would have been more the most memorable. But okay, so just to kind of preface this, yeah. So I was at the motocross races, which is a very white type <laughs> of space. <laughs> maybe some Hispanics, like point one percent African American, because yeah. there's like one really good motocross racer at the time, mm-hmm. Bubba Stewart. And so, I know it was ironic, Bubba Stewart. Um, but yeah, so we had the motocross races with my uncle, and it was my older sister and my younger brother and myself that we were in line to uh, go through like a monster exhibit. They had like their drinks, oh, yeah, video okay. game, the whatever. energy drink, uh huh. So we were in line, and then um, all of a sudden uh, we see uh, Lister. I'll just say Lister. Tiny Lister. Uh, I'll just say Lister. Just call him Tiny. It's funny they call him Tiny. tiny. He's oh, he's a definitely freak not nature. Tiny. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so we saw Tiny, and uh, I was on his bike, and the bike looked tiny in reference <laughs> to Tiny. And so I was like, How does the bike look like? How did, did it look like it? It was fit? like it was like the, one of those bikes that has like a really high handlebars, oh, but man. the rest of the bike was kind of. That's wasn't so like funny a, because do you remember that scene on Friday where he he comes down the street? That's the, probably the same with bike. the stolen bike, and he just looks like the bike is just struggling, <laughs> and then he just stole that bike and he's coming down the street, and you can hear like um, the scene where Ice Cube and Chris Tucker are on the porch, and they're about to smoke and uh, marijuana. <laughs> oh yeah and the scene where uh debo comes down you can hear the creaking of the bike because he's so damn heavy mm-hmm. so that's how they knew he was coming they had to hide all the jewelry because you know he was he was stealing things off people because he was a neighborhood bully yeah um but that's how they knew he was coming because of how big he was so he was he was creaking like the bike was making these creaking noises as he was coming down the street so that's how they're like debo so they started hiding all their stuff and that was one of the famous scenes from there but yeah, I I can only imagine seeing him in person and seeing how, I mean, seeing him on actual bike, like how how was that like? Did he defy the, the law of gravity? Was he like? Did you actually see him in the air? He- I don't know. He was a pretty straightforward guy on a bike. <laughs> he was just really big, and it looked I was, it looked intimidating because I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, man, that guy looks like the actor from The Fifth Element, but I. You know, it's probably not him. Yeah. I don't want to be racist and be like, that's probably the black dude from... He was only... You only there was only the two black, black movie I that he was in, but you named the one where he played the only black guy. Yeah. With, with the, and it's funny, too, because Tucker was in that movie. Oh, too. Chris Tucker's in the movie. He wasn't the only black guy. Chris yeah. Tucker's in the movie. I forgot. Yeah. So the two black guys. <laughs> so, so I was just like, oh, snap, that, that looks like him. Yeah. And then he, he comes, and as he's, like, going around, everyone's like, hey, yo, Debo, Yeah. And I, I didn't know. Um, and then he comes up to get really, like, he locks eyes. Yeah. And I think he's, like, looking at me. I'm just like, oh, snap. Yeah. This guy who everyone's he's like, Debo, Debo. Lo- He's locked eyes with me. Yeah. But it wasn't like an intimidating type of eye look. It was like a, like, hey, what you doing? I was like, well, that's so weird. Mm-hmm. He's giving me this eye look. So he gets closer on the bike. And then he, like, you know, does a little turn. He steers to the right. And he's like, 
you know, propped up on the bike and he kind of looks towards me. And then I realized it wasn't me. It was looking at my older sister. Oh my gosh. And then I was like, oh, okay, well that de- demystifies everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, Hey, how you doing? You know, yeah. he's chatted up with my older sister and my sister's like, Oh, she's doing good. You know, just waiting in line with my brothers. You know, she really kind of put it, put an emphasis on the fact that she was with here we go. Yeah, I know. Another visit from my dad. Wide open. Yep. And so he's looking at the fireplace. <laughs> Mr. Lee. <laughs> There's always something. My dad finds something to do. Yeah. Just around the house at any point in time for anything. Do you need any help? <laughs> it's only story time. Mr. Lee. Do you need any help? No, I do. Okay. <laughs> So going back to the story, yeah. So uh, my uh, so Lalani just keeps on bringing it up, like, oh, you know, with family and stuff like that. Yeah. Can't really push it, in. and it's not like he was like aggressive in terms of um, like hitting on my sister, which yeah. I felt like it was happening, but right. you know, probably most likely it was happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, and so he uh, then he started, you know, just like, you know, it's okay, I I get it. What's your shoe size? And then. Wow. I, I remember I was like, oh, why is the shoe size? I was like, why, why would someone ask that question? And then, so my sister was kind of like, no, it's okay. You know, I don't want to let you know. And then he was like, you know, it's okay. What's your shoe size? You know, wow. okay, I can get you a shoe you want. <laughs> and I was like, oh, snap. So this is like, this is how you do it. Like, yeah. and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I've never like hit on a girl like that. I'm like, maybe I've been going about it the wrong way. How old were like, you at this I time? I should just be asking girls like what their shoe size is and then be like, that's good to know. Like, I thought that was the extent of it. But then as he kept going, that's the icebreaker. I was like, I think he can probably buy all these shoes. How old were you at the time? Oh, I think I was like 14. Wow. 13, 14. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, Sam, I'm probably going to... I was, like, mentally taking notes at the same time. <laughs> but then I saw my sister's facial expression, and I was like, oh, that's probably not working. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, it, doesn't, maybe it doesn't work on girls like my sister, but it probably works on all other girls. Oh, my God. Because your sister's not going to openly just talk, like, be comfortable talking to him in that type of light around her, her siblings. Especially since she hasn't seen the movie Friday. Oh, Lord. But she did see Fifth Element, and I don't think she knew it was him. <laughs> She <laughs> so, oh, noticed if it was Bruce Willis, you know. Oh my um, god, everybody's noticed that it was that guy. And so, um, so then he's like, oh, "Okay, I get it." And then uh, there were some girls that went to get him because he was uh, he was promoting something uh, in the lot. Like yeah. we were at the motocross races, but we were at the the parking lot of uh, Angel Stadium. Mm-hmm. And so, like, these uh, promoter girls were, like, coming up to him and being like, hey, we got to get you over here to this spot or this area. Yeah. And he's like, okay, okay. Um, and then uh, I think it was he was like, you want a photo? He looked at me because I was, like, staring at him the whole time because I was like, I think I know who he is. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And then so, you know, he kind of, like, looks at my suit like, saying so he's going to be taking a photo with my brother, <laughs> you know. Like your brothers are cool. Like and, yeah. he, was, and he he was he was pretty chill. And so so this part is the part where I was just like, oh man, like maybe I'm I'm just weak. <laughs> so so uh, I was a pretty skinny dude at the time. I was yeah. like maybe a buck twenty five. Damn. Like Thirteen, like five eight buck twenty five. That's pretty skinny. And so 
Uh, like I'm, I'm sat, standing next to him. He's, <laughs> he's like my, he, 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 he made me look like I was like a little kid. He's another planet. And so, you know, they're taking the photo off, like, what phone was at the time? I don't know, it was, like, a really crappy phone. Probably a flip phone was, a razor was probably taking the photo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, and so, hopefully Motorola doesn't come after <laughs> And so, he, so, he has his hand behind my back. And mm-hmm. then, I didn't know if this was procedure for his photos. I didn't know if he was known for it. But everyone was like, emo, emo. And then, so, he put his hand behind my yeah, back of that's, my neck that's his staple because when you call him debo that's what he's known for he's the bully so he has to do the move that he does in the movie oh i didn't know so he poses like that for all his pictures because people are like debo debo and then he has to do the signature pose where he's choking you out oh putting you in a headlock. i had no idea because mm-hmm. he does that in the movie i, I not, had not seen the movie <laughs> i had no idea what his name was so i was just going off people saying debo i was like yeah. oh it was a debo <laughs> and so so he has his hand massive hand behind the back of my neck i was like okay so he's about to grab you like a little chicken yeah that's what i felt like (laughs) my my neck was really skinny i mean it's skinny now but yeah way skinnier then yeah so i felt like i was like oh snap he's he's gonna break my neck oh my goodness and then because i had no idea so he puts his hand and he just like squeezes he's like everything okay i was like (laughs) yeah I was like, I was, I was, I was like, trying to play it cool, I was, and then yeah. you're not dying. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. It's like, it's too hard. Nah, that's good. Because you had no idea that he does that for his pictures. Yeah, so you I, were just lost. I was like, like trying why? to tense my neck muscles, <laughs> trying to make sure I'm like, my neck's stronger than your hand. And and it kept squeezing. I was like, maybe I should just play dead by this time. Oh my and, goodness. And it was like a very long photo. <laughs> Like, He's like, it just seemed like it took forever while he had like, his arm around my neck, his hand around my neck like that. Yeah, I have a photo in my, in my computer of what t- the time that we were in line, but I don't know if I have that photo of him That's and crazy. me. But yeah, I was I was pretty scared, but also played it cool. Uh, he was very, very strong. And then I uh, was like, all right, later, Debo, thank you so much, Debo. Like, and so I was, did you go home and actually watch the movie after that? No, I didn't. Oh, Because no one told me what it was. I Friday. thought his name was Debo. But no one, no one around me. That's how Eric calls him. Yeah, yeah, no one around me was like, yeah, that's from Friday. I thought that was his name. I was like, yo, the fifth. <laughs> I went around after that telling people, I was like, yo, the guy from Fifth Element's name is Devo. <laughs> wait, what? But it literally is the same guy. It's just, yeah. he's known for Debo, but from Friday. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I wonder if anybody caught that when you said that Debo <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I wonder was... if everybody caught that. But to this day, you still have not seen Friday. No, no, I've I've seen the beginning. I've seen the end, and but I've never seen the whole movie through. Oh my! Goodness. That's actually a lot of movies. I've seen the, the oh, beginning Andrew. and the end only because when I see those movies, I'll usually see them on TV. Yeah, not, it's on VH1 a lot. It's on TBS yeah. sometimes, and I'm never on tv nowadays yeah. i'm just and i'm, I'm it was on netflix i don't know if it's still on there or not oh okay yeah i'll probably watch it next time so that would give me some context rather than trauma oh. you know what because if you don't know somebody and you, you're like ah oh, he's from a movie yeah I'm like, i don't remember him doing this in fifth element you know oh my goodness guy he's out. just a great actor then and, and i was like kind of looking at my sister i'm like you should have just told her your shoe size <laughs> Make it up. Poor Andrew. She she said eight and a half. <laughs> no, she's a seven. Seven 
I swear. <laughs> Take the photo. But yeah. <laughs> so that was my experience with Ty Lister. Well, my experience, not that up close with him, was or of him was the last time I saw him. I see he makes a lot of guest appearances at concerts. Oh. Um, and I go to a lot of like old school hip hop concerts. So like old school hip hop, like like uh, Ice Cube. That's not old school. That is old school. Old school is like L Cool J. That is L Cool J came a little bit before. That's like Whitney Houston. Oh God, but it was they still were in the same in the same era. It's like Aretha Franklin. Ice Cube and and L Cool J. They're just from different L Cool J's on the East Coast and Ice Cube's big on the West Coast. So okay, fine, we'll say. It. So him and Debo had a, always had a special relationship. Um, and he would bring Debo to all of his concerts and he would make an appearance and Debo would just wear the exactly same outfit that he wore in the Friday movie. So in the Friday movie, he wore these loafers, these dickies and this like long plaid, um, uh, long sleeve shirt. Yeah. He basically looked like a freaking bot though, but, (laughs) but he would come out and make appearances in the concerts and he would be in that exact Friday outfit, the Debo outfit. And everybody would just go crazy, be like, Debo, Debo, all this stuff like that. But he would, yeah, that was the last time I saw him was last, oh, no, no, last year, 2019. Oh, wow, that's super recent. Yeah, he made a, he, he came out as a guest uh, at, um, at Ice Cube's uh, performance set uh, in Inglewood. How was the concert? It was great. Was it lit? It was very lit. Anytime I go see any type of old school artist, like Bone Th- it was Bone Thugs, E Forty, Ice Cube, Mac Ten, Warren G, all the old school, all the old school heads. Yeah, is it mm-hmm. gonna be? It's. I think it's gonna be so interesting hearing, um, like, people who are fans of like, like, who are some recent hip hop artists, Drake. No. <laughs> I, okay. He's not recent uh, to you. This is more recent than Drake. Drake had a glow up like 2008. Drake's still glowing right now. Yeah, I know, but he's his, killing the game. He, he was he went from Degrassi <laughs> to like the <De> money. <laughs> <laughs> like so so let's just say like 2008 was his 25 sitting on 25 mil. That's a bar from his line. Yeah. Uh, bar from his one of his songs. Yeah, last name of our first name, greatest. Yes. Are we just oh, Andrew. Oh, and, and that was the soundtrack to LeBron's uh, movie, The Chosen One. Yeah. And so... Uh, That's how you got it. So even <laughs> earlier than, than than Drake, like this past two years or three years. Oh, most like, recent? Maybe like Lil Yachty. Yachty? Yachty. Lil Yachty. Uh, Lil Mosey. Roddy all the Rich. littles, all Ro- the yeah, littles. all the littles. Ro- Roddy Rich, yeah, most recent. Imagine those guys, mm. and like imagine the fans of those guys, your age, like later on. Just think like ten years, maybe fifteen years from now. And they're talking about how they went to go see. Yeah, some could you old imagine kids that? In concert. Could you imagine those concerts? They're I would like, just be little, so ancient by then. Yo, know, like, was it is the little guy that did the broccoli song? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Could you imagine that? Be like <laughs> those same fan base. Like that's like my little sister's age, maybe even younger. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, I don't know, broccoli. And they're like so gangster. <laughs> Faith, like, Faith Carmen's, but that's not even gangster. That's not even gangster. That's rap. their gangster. Though. That's their gangster generation gangster <laughs> rap. But I don't know rap. That would be we so. That would be a whole different episode they talk about vegetables the evolution 
vegetables. Andrew, it's not. You know what broccoli stands for, right? I know, but when you put it in just the <laughs> verbatim, like broccoli is literally like the word is in there, but then yes. versus like, uh, I'm in love with the cocoa. Or, or even earlier, we're like. <laughs> Like bones and thugs, uh, bones and thugs, bone thugs in harmony. Bone thugs in harmony. I almost said the whole thing all There's, in one word. Yeah, their 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 music was pretty bland. Yeah, like, like some guys were like, "Yo, you know, someone died on my street," and then the next day, like someone. But it was it was a whole movement. Yeah, gangster so, rap. Like this was real life situations yeah, happening at the time in yeah, LA. Yeah, compare that to broccoli. And it's like, oh my god, you kids don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's gonna. Be, it's. I wonder how all the lils. Oh no. Low baby, that is the, this gen- yeah. this is that is this generation's is. generational talent. Like I, I don't top know, I rapper, don't know any of the hip blah blah. Low baby, rappers, Lil, Lil, Lil baby. Oh yeah, he's almost my age. Yeah, Lil baby. Lil baby. He's what they call this generation's Gen Z's Tupac. He's Tupac. Yep, to the Gen Z kids. Is he like? To what, the Gen- has he been through harsh times? <laughs> He, I'm sure he has. He talks about it in his music. Have you heard the song Emotionally Scarred by Lil Baby? That kind of gives you a real open look into what he went through. So if you get a chance, go on Apple Music and listen to Emotionally Scarred by Lil Baby. I thought you said Da Baby. No, Da Baby and Lil Baby are two different people. Yeah, I just... Da Baby is like baby. my age? What the heck? What's with these babies? Da Baby? My age? No, Lil Baby. Da Baby and Lil Baby are two different artists. I, uh, yeah, I got that. But what's with the, these guys having <laughs> babies in the names? I think that was a rapper by just the name Baby. You know, I kind of wonder. There like, was a baby and then there was Da Baby and then there's Lil Baby. I mean, did they give those nicknames? No, you would get it from like the hood, right? <laughs> I was always thinking. You think like they just... Automatically draw from street names like oh that that's my street alias. That's if, what I go by. Ra- if, if if I'm rapping about my life like in the hood, yes. I would totally utilize the nickname if it's like. A what good would one. your rap name be? Well, I don't know. What would they give me? I'd be like if they said like. They don't have to give it to if you. They you said can give yourself kid, one. Mix kid. I'd be like, yo, I get that. <laughs> or they like half and half, like like the like the milk. Like I'd be like, oh snap, God. they would get me. You know, or Mexicanese. Mexicanese. Or Vita Mexican. Vita. I, I would dig it, you know? Oh. My as long God. as it's not like chow mein. You can be frijoles and pho. <laughs> frijoles. Frijoles and pho. Or, oh, no, I was trying to use something else. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, yeah, oh, like, I guess those nicknames would work. But what would be your nickname? Before we go back, go to E-Money. The- I already have one for myself. e You gave yourself that nickname? People call me that. I, I'm okay, known by that Are you sure it wasn't like this? Be like, uh, like, people are like, hey, what do you go by? Oh, E-Money. I didn't tell people that. But yeah, that's the name, that's the name that was given so you never to me. And I just you- ran with it. So, when, okay, when did you get this nickname? So this name. This is going to be so This good. name, I think I kind of like. This should people be started letter calling to me by it. Be like. Except because the e-money name. Back in my time, my days, when I was growing up, yeah, we used to burn CDs. Say so before we had Bluetooth and MP3 and all that, it already installed in the car, we burned CDs and that's how we would like Like floppy disks? Yes. 
like CD, CD, no, like actual CD. Oh, the CD solo. We burned all our music off of LimeWire. All my real ones know LimeWire was our iTunes. Was our and it gave us so many, so 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 many viruses to our computer. But you know, the ratchet playlist had to be done. So you know, I would download music off of my LimeWire onto my CD, and I would play in the car. Granted, you know, I didn't even drive until I was eighteen. So it was just like me playing into a car. me playing some gangster stuff out of my dad's van, like when I was growing up in high school. The and, only CD player was in the oh car. Oh my god! That's funny. And my dad would just—he would like so funny. He would literally use okay. I would always play Twenty One Questions by Fifty Cent in the car, and he That's started it. memorizing the song. No way! And he. <laughs> He would start like, cause he doesn't speak English, you know, fluently or even at all. I would be, I would crack up so hard <laughs> if that was like that was he, his introduction. So every single to time, the song Twenty One Questions came on. Yeah. He wouldn't remember it because he remembered the, the ending of each bar that Fifty Cent would would leave with. Hey. Yeah. Um. There, there was a line song. He goes, "Is it easy to love me now?" Would you love me when I was down and out? Would you still, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. So he would remember the endings of each of those bars. So when the song That's came on. That's a really on, good hype, man. That's the, all you that, need. When the song came on, he would, he would mouth the words, but it was always the end of those that sentences. Now. <laughs> yeah. <and> now. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. And that was me and my dad growing up, going home. Like He would let me drive home, drive his van home from school. And that was our thing wow it was it was the most it was hilarious and also one of the best memories i have of my dad but yeah he would start memorizing you should run it back yeah. I don't know if he still remembers it, but if I if I yeah, just run it back. If and I play that it. if I play that track for him, I think I'm I will, sure he'll still I will remember. give you my camera to record. But twenty one questions was his thing. I'll, was the one I'll song give you that my he camera, <laughs> you record this and be like, yo, we make it a oh comeback. My God. But oh. yes. So I used to burn CDs and then I would give them to my friends as gifts. Like What kind of E money <laughs> is this? Yes. And I would uh, I would use a Sharpie and I would write on the C D I'll say D I'll be like DJ E Money's playlist. Yo, you gave yourself a degree. Yeah, DJ E Money's mix and all this stuff, oh and I would give gosh. it to my friends as gifts and stuff like that. And I was just, I was just the friend who had like the best playlist. I was the DJ. I was the friend that you hand the aux cord to in the car because I had fire playlists, right? And I only had to put my computer through so many viruses, but I needed to live up to this reputation. And I needed to <laughs> elevate. I needed to elevate this. This uh, this is a this oddly, part of my repertoire. This is an oddly like PG thirteen, almost R rated <laughs> kind of coming up. Yeah, so I would like I would unconsciously just write like, oh, DJ E Money's playlist, DJ E Money's mix. Oh, is like, it unconscious yeah, now? Like mix what? one, mix two, and then like it'd be continuations and stuff like that. Bro, that's Follow up. Hilarious. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, so people just started calling me that, and then I just became that friend that was known in the group as the DJ. They would just call me E Money. Okay, I get. Leilani calls me E Money, but I she the, she came up with the name E Little. She calls me that. That's yeah. her name for me. Yeah. See. E see, Little. That would be like okay, you know, nickname given to you, <laughs> but when you writing it on CDs and be like, I hey, it on CDs this is then, a, this is remember me. And the people just ran with it, like you know, like it was just so funny because it just looked like I was handing out my mixtapes. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's kind of that's kind of what E Money. Like. Remember my name. But no, it just I just wrote it on my CDs and then people started reading off of it and just ran with it. That's so funny. Yeah. 
E money. Mm-hmm. That's E dangerous. Yes. And then you call you call me gangbangers. <laughs> that just that just adds Ellie to the resume. <laughs> yeah. See, but I, you didn't give me a CD at any point. Andrew, you were like three. I was not three. Just kidding. When I was eleven, you were like eight. But what was I gonna make CDs for? Like. What were you listening to? On did what you were you giving people at eleven? <laughs> uh, mixes with Fifty Cent on there, Eminem. Uh huh. Yeah, I grew up pretty, yeah, pretty, so... pretty rugged. Oh, like Eminem's rough, rugged, <laughs> rough neck. Oh, my bad. These parts. Daddy's gonna give you a mockingbird. Okay. Stan. Oh, oh my god, my all gosh. the classics. Yeah, it was Eminem. <laughs> I thought you were talking about like some real it was fi- stuff it, at eleven. Uh, excuse me. Was very hood when I was growing up. Uh, yeah, okay. Get Richard I trying with the bulletproof vest. You know that dude was shot like nine times. Yeah, he was shot like nine times. Yeah, I don't even know if he wears. Even the in his song, vest. he said, "Been hit with those shells, but I don't walk with the limp." Yeah, I like it when they talk about <laughs> like stuff that really happened because it's it's good storytelling, but it's also kind of funny. Like, how are you gonna fit your story? In oh this? my God, Andrew! Nobody analyzes it like you. I do. I enjoy it like that. But that's really funny. <laughs> e money, you literally okay. So you basically burn CDs. Yep. Suffer viruses it. on your computer. I not from I porn. I did it for the culture. <laughs> I not did from it porn. For the culture. If anything, you had song porn. That was like yes. yes. That was the addiction. And I and that and I was gonna do whatever it, t- it took. You were the to live up to that reputation. You were the supplier and distributor. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that comparison. <laughs> that is just amazing. Yeah. You supply the, plug, the plug. The plug. Everything. Yeah, because you're the aux cord plug. Yep, yep. That's me. Still am. If you ever step in the car with me, or if you ever hear me roll up outside your house with my speakers. That was. <laughs> you know what's funny? Is that never leaves music, you. It just follows you for the rest of your our life. Our music taste is probably so different. It really is. But you'd be surprised. I have a lot in my palate. You probably have a lot on your palate, but that doesn't mean it's like. No, it's it's all over. Anything but like country. Bob Ross all over? No, no, no country. I listen. If I do listen to like. If I do listen to a different genre besides R&B or hip hop, like I love R&B. That's like my thing. But. Especially old school R&B. Um, but if it was anything aside from that, it would have to be something from the 2000s. The 2000s would be the last era I would ever listen to. Like, Panic at the Disco. Um, Fall Out Boy. Green Day. Oh, yeah. I'll name you all that stuff. But the last I hear of it was from 2000, like the 2010s, at least. Mm. Can't go anything above that. Now, yeah. I, now it's just strictly... You little know what? Baby, I still I, I do like little baby. I do like the baby. I do like a lot of I a mix of new age artists, but then I still go back to like you know, DJ E Money's mix. <laughs> not not on a burn CD anymore. I evolved. It's now on my iPhone and on my Apple Music. That's good. I'm glad. But I have my own playlist on my Apple Music that I made on my Apple Music. I can't that imagine I how the CD holder might have been for you. Oh you know, my having goodness! All those CDs. It was six CDs you can fit in there at once, and it's, you can just switch, do slicks, choose oh switches God. from like which mix you wanted, what you, what type of mood you're in. You know, like yeah, I I had all that. I think it's so funny because it's like when I'm, I'm imagining you like <laughs> like doing these deals that are like free deals. <laughs> But they're not even like 
hey, I thought of you, so I made you this mix CD. Mm -hmm. Be like, yo, I was feeling these vibes from yeah, these for songs. Real. For Here's real. a power playlist for you, my woman. Yes, yes. And it was like, it, it I was drew, like, I drew from personal experience of like memories that I shared with each individual friend, and that's how I centered my playlist around those experiences. Oh my gosh! Be like, hey, remember this time we were here, and then I would just add that to the, that would be the playlist. I hope you know I write comedy bits, and this is totally <laughs> gonna be one of them. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> what was it? I oh. Let side, me put you on, Andrew. Okay. Side note: I I actually wrote a comedy. I wrote a comedy bit, which was like, so. Uh, Again, all these layers I don't know about you. Know. You wrote a comedy bit. Yeah. So I write. I I write sketches. Uh, yeah. So I write comedy sketches. Uh, stuff that I think is funny, and then, like, it's very scenario It's, like, just bit. short scripts? Yeah. Okay. They're pretty short. Uh, they're not, like, Vine short. They yeah. They could be, but it's more like SNL, like, drag it yes. out. Yes. So, All that. I love that. Uh, like, a lot, I draw a lot of uh, inspiration from, like, Key and Peele bits. I love Dave Key Chappelle. and Peele. Yeah, Dave Chappelle. Um, so a lot of the, in, even some uh, Charlie Chaplin ones. Mm -hmm. Some slapstick. Yeah. And so, one of the... <laughs> So I got this idea when I was, and I, these just pop into my head like every day. Mm -hmm. So I was painting, uh, I was help cleaning and painting my friend's house, yeah. Devin. Yeah. Right? So we were, and we were listening to a Spotify like uh, playlist or something like that. Yeah. And so we were listening to it and it was Didn't like, you have a YouTube channel with all them? Guys who do things? Guys, those guys who do those, those things. Those guys yeah. who do those things. Like, oh my God. I never got asked to be part of that. I'm still salty. I know. We did some good videos too. Uh, yeah. Let's start that back up. Yeah. Oh, well, we might have to change the name. For the fans. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's as long as like I write since not tragedies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, love, love that song. It's a good song. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so I was, we was cleaning with him, and we were listening to his Spotify, and then like, uh, so the songs were really popping. I was like, oh snap, hey, oh, like hey, this hey. is a good playlist. You hey, got. hey, and okay. he's like, thanks, uh, but it's not me. It's my my friend Rashad. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I <laughs> can you guess what race Rashad was? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I was like, oh, so he's like, these are some dope songs. And he's like, yeah. So, Bet your little baby was on there. Uh, not at the time. We, it was like, I think when we worked on his house, it was like a year, a year yeah, ago. Yeah, little baby was big a year ago. Oh, but it wasn't part of his playlist. It was on and, the come up, at least. Yeah. yeah. And so we were cleaning out, and I was like, hey, it's pretty good. He's like, yeah, my friend, you know, made the playlist. And so I just, you know, go to that, and he always update, updates it, you know, and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Hilarious. And then so we're cleaning, cleaning, you know, and then we're doing a little bit of painting on the side, too. And then all of a sudden, the songs get a little bit more depressing. But it was like... The, it, emo rap is, is huge right oh, now. Oh, it wasn't emo rap. See, that's what the thing. What was it? It was like some Adele, some really oh, sad... Hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was some really sad Adele, some sad T-Swift. I love Swift, Adele. Sad uh, Katy Perry. I said too late. Okay, it wasn't... Tay-Tay. Yeah, a little bit more sad than that. Oh. <laughs> I knew you were trouble when you were in. Okay, I guess, yeah, probably. Like, and then some <laughs> Sam Smith. <laughs> Oh so, my god! So, so all the t all the heartbreak, vibes. all the simpers, all the sim yes, songs. I love so, Sam's so face. we were like, I was cleaning. I was like, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, this is probably just one sad song. I'm like, I I like this song. You know, I like Adele. 
and then another one and then i'm just like kind of thinking in my head i'm like this is going deep this is kind of sad and then i look at and then it's funny because i looked at Devin at the same time he looked at me i was like bro is rashad okay (laughs) 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 he was like bro i don't know I'm like, he updates this, right? He's like, he's updating this? He's like, yeah. And then there was like consecutive songs that were recently updated. He's like, yeah. Rashad had Tay-Tay on his playlist? Yeah. And so he was like, yeah. She is America's sweetheart. And so he was like, yeah, I didn't didn't know these songs were in it, actually, when I I go to this playlist. I'm like, man, yeah, you should should call up one of these days. (laughs) He's like, why did you check on it? So, so I basically Go ahead and check on Rashad. Yeah, I wrote this bit where it was basically it's it's very similar to the Key and Peel the car scene where where it's like, hey, let me listen to which, which is the yeah. cassette, and yeah. then it's all this really traumatic, yeah. scary stuff. But I wanted to change it to like the Spotify playlist and yeah. music, just That's because funny. I like that concept. Yeah, and, it, and it's more in a group, so it's not just one on one person. You know? Oh, do you so, mean my playlist? Are you? This is what you're alluding to? Um, like, oh man. So it was basically. I could give you all moods. Oh, I'm for sure. Yes. I, I like wrote down like uh, like a people at a house party or something like that. Yeah. And then someone's like, hey, this is a good playlist. You know, the same thing. Like, I Yeah, then something dark comes on. Yeah, and then it gets, like, really sad and really dark. And then all of a sudden, like, there's... Whose playlist is this? Whose phone is this? It's, like, the one person at the party that's having the best time ever, quote, yeah. unquote. But yeah. they're, like, really sad. Like, <laughs> it's just like, hey, man, are you okay, man? It's like, yeah, what's up? It's just like, I was just... Uh, it's like the meme where you're, like, when you're trying to have a good time, but you remember what she texts you at 11 p.m. on Blank, and you just your mind leaves and goes to that. Yeah, so it was moment. basically they have like so many the playlist. Like that. That's yeah. pretty much, and and I Hilarious. just thought it'd be really funny, just based off like that whole thing. I was like, bro, is he okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, as soon as you read my letter, you're gonna you're gonna ask me the same question. Oh yeah, that too. Are you okay? I know we went on the whole tangent. Sorry, we should um, have an episode about music. Yes, for real, for real. Even though we can't play it. We can't play it. Yeah, either. we don't own the copyrights. But we, we can, I can sing it for you. Maybe we can play it in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like my voice? I'll just play it. I'll I can sing it for you. Yeah, I I, I'm pretty much a jukebox. I know a lot of songs. Oh, you're a DJ and a jukebox. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, um, there's also a funny joke by John Mulaney about a jukebox. <laughs> okay, so this is a letter to myself. Oh, yes. Dialing back. Um, this is a letter that I wrote... Um, present day to my 18-year-old self. And Andrew's going to read it. Okay. And then also, uh, let me know if my reading voice is Because <laughs> I, I actually, I, I draw inspiration from, um, do you remember the, uh, what's his name? It was a deacon at our, our church. Bless the sacrament? Yeah, he was African-American. <gasps> oh, yeah, I don't know the name. I don't remember the I name. I forgot his name too. Yeah. But he had such a good reading voice. Mm. It kept. It was the I only thing like, that kept me interested in. I like voices that like belong in an audiobook. Like the soft ones, or just any. Like a deep one, and then it has like voice transitions, where as you like, as if you were turning the actual page of the book. Oh yeah. Like See. Okay. Well, I'm all for. There's all no flip. <laughs> that was like a paper bag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, a letter to my younger self. So, I'm going to draw inspiration from that. Oh, yeah. Although, that guy had a hella deep voice. Okay. 
Here we go. Do your 18-year-old self. Oh, snap. <laughs> Should I sound like you? No, Andrew. Oh, my God. Dear no, no, I don't sound like that. Okay, go. <laughs> Dear 18-year-old Andrew. Oh, that was racist. Why? Because <laughs> I, I don't speak like that. Oh, okay. You didn't. Maybe you did at the time. <laughs> 18-year-old me was still speaking English, Andrew. Perfectly fine English. That was... I thought that was perfect. Okay. Dear 18-year-old self, as soon as you step into your first year of college, remember to go easy on your dreams and protect your mental health. Wow. All 18... Got dark already, huh? Right off that. (laughs) All 18 years of life you lived with uh, with a puzzle on. Oh, no. Sorry. That was supposed to be a muzzle. It's a muzzle. Oh, muzzle. Oh. Andrew, you read puzzle? Well, that's even more depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You threw it off. It's a muzzle. There oh, go. God. That's more depressing. Okay. <laughs> I mean, a puzzle sounds tough, a too. A muzzle. Okay, got it. All 18 years of life, you lived with a muzzle on. One that was given and oftentimes forced. Suppressing the deepest of every emotion, every feeling. It's time to take it off and rise up to your best potential. Nobody else but your own. Be kind and take care of your mental. Hold, holding your tongue, constantly biting the bullet. And for what? At what cost? The expense of your inner peace? Please don't. I wish there was an easier way to learn these lessons. But if you don't go through with it, then you can never grow through it. If you don't go through it, you can't grow through it. Yeah. Yeah. You should have put a comma there, but yeah. Okay, spell check. <laughs> Always had to learn the hard way, but you know what they say. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Pressure breeds diamonds. Oh, you said that earlier. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, Lauren Hill. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Lauren Hill said it best. Don't be a hard rock when you really are a gem. Mm-hmm. I love Lauren Hill. I love Lauren Hill, too. Uh, you feel that now, right? The root of it all. The traditional upbringing being misunderstood your whole life by the whole by the people who mean the most to you but don't fret they knew nothing else and generations before them enabled the same dysfunction better yet better yet normalize that behavior that trauma followed you all your life and now you're barely unpacking at 31 years old you're barely unpacking it all i mean nobody likes to unpack but the baggage sits in the corner forgotten and keeps building and building until it topples over now you have to face the reality of unpacking one by one when you should have unpacked right away mm-hmm. mm. page flip <laughs> <laughs> a page turner yeah i should have turned it earlier but you know what progress not perfect not perfection my friend Every day you wake up with another purpose and every day is another 24 hours to be great. That's something nobody can take from you, your drive. Keep your foot on the gas. Remember you dictate your timeline and march to the beat of your own drum. Bam, bam. She didn't say bam, bam, but I added. <laughs> okay. Your timeline, whether ideal or not, is for you. Don't forget, it's also about enjoying the journey. Be kind to you. You're on your way to becoming the best version of you, and don't you ever sleep on you, because everybody else is awake now. Mm. Let that sink in. Much love, Elizabeth Tran. 
Da da da. Yo, I'm gonna write bars on mine. <laughs> He's like, I gotta one up her now. I'm gonna write some. Cold. Did I set Did I set the bar pretty I, high? I'm gonna write. That was some juice. That was some J Cole write, vibes I'm for you there. I'm gonna write some bars. I'm just gonna be like, yeah. Don't don't. Uncle Phil. <laughs> for real. You only found the finger that I ever knew. Yeah. Only get a be like, real pregnant will be a better ice. you. Vanilla oh, okay, Ice once said, "No romance, Ice Ice Baby." Yes. <laughs> so be a cold mother. Don't <laughs> don't plagiarize yet. You remember to cite your sources. Y'all, you said Lauren Hill is on here. Yeah, but I quoted her. Yeah, I'm quoting. I referenced Vanilla ice. the actual name Lauren Hill. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like Vanilla Ice <laughs> said, "Ice Ice Baby." So be a cold mother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love yeah, her, mother love her. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, what was... Um, so... So now it's the Q&A. What, yeah, I, I know. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because this was actually... It was pretty cool because it, um, it goes off of like... So what was it that you were going through? I know you kind of described it in this letter, but what's yeah. in, what was it that you were going through it during this time? Because you um, said 18. Was this 18, first year of college? Yeah. Yes, going... So the summer I turned 18 after I graduated high school and mm-hmm. going into to college. So basically, long story short, my upbringing, my upbringing was pretty rough to say the least. And um, I think the year that I graduated high school, I don't want to say I wasn't the first generation to graduate high school in my family. I want to say my brother did graduate, my older brother, the middle one, graduated mm-hmm. high school. Um, but it was just a lot of, you know, it it was a lot of what my parents, I don't know if they put me through, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of growing pains for me, mm-hmm. to say the least. And, you know, my parents, you know, were immigrants, they came to this country, you know, they literally had to build something from nothing. And they... You know, they worked hard to put me through um, private school basically most of my life. Yeah. So, you know, private school is not cheap, obviously. So sending me to modern day was actually a last minute decision. Mm -hmm. I was actually going to go to public school. But uh, last minute, um, me and your sister, Leilani, ended up leaving science camp in the middle of the night because we had to drive back and take the entrance exam to get into modern day at 8 o'clock in the morning the next day. So we had to leave literally in the middle of nowhere at science camp we had to leave we had to leave and your mom drove us through the rain at like 5 a.m um to make it to modern day by 8 a.m to take our entrance exam yeah so yeah that was like everything was just so last minute i didn't think that they were gonna send me there and so basically they spent all four years reminding me how much money they spent to put me through private school and it was always a reminder every single day. Oh, we did this. We did this. We, we, you know, we worked hard. We did, you know, it was always like, it was a lot of pressure for me. Yeah. You know, it was like, I, I, I wanted so hard to like not mess up. Mm-hmm. But the more that I was trying to keep myself from messing up, the more I ended up messing up. Yeah. So it, it was just a lot of pressure. And they spent most of my life up until <clears throat> me turning 18 you know, really trying to, um, for them, their way was to keep me protected. Yeah. You know, uh, shelter, 
coming from a very super sheltered traditional Vietnamese family. Yeah. It, a lot of times it's a lot of battling against like your own loved ones. And it's not even like, I can't even like unpack the whole thing right now, but to just briefly state it, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of internal battles and it's a lot of external battles. So it's a lot of internal battles with yourself. Like, why am I this way? Why do they want me to be this way when this is who I really want to be? You know what I mean? So they grew up very different. So like I said, I referenced in the letter to myself. I was like, you know what? You have the older version of you now understands that you have to forgive that part of them. Yeah. Because they didn't know any different. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how generations before them raised them. Yeah. That's how they normalized and enabled that type of dysfunction. Yeah. Because when you, like, when I was growing up and I told my, like, I explained to my friends how my parents disciplined me and what was expected of me and the type of, um, the type of respect and um, the level of um, expectation that I had to uphold mm-hmm. in their eyes was their expectation of me. It, it was just every single day was, was a struggle for me. Because I'm like, oh, God, what am I going to do today to disappoint them? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do today to mess up and make mm-hmm. them think that I'm not good enough? It's like a walking on eggshells. Every single day of your or life. a very, very thin wire. Yeah, every single day of your life. So after, you know, graduating um, high school and going off to college... I ended up going to a private university, which I got a scholarship for. But oh, I always stay there go? for a year. Hope University. It was Hope. right across the street from I'm Hope International. <laughs> right across the street. This. Right across the street from Kelsey Fullerson. Oh snap, yeah. Yeah. So I went there for a year. Yeah, you could have hooked it up with parking. <laughs> and you like stayed longer. Yeah, so I went there for a year and I was like, you know what, this is not for me. I think I just wanted to take the scholarship because I wanted to make my parents proud. Like, oh, hey, I got a scholarship to go to college. Yeah. And nobody else in my family has ever gone that far. That's what's up. In my I, immediate family, at least. I definitely wish I had done that specifically yeah. for the scholarship route. I was like, hey, look at me. You know, I'm getting money to go to school. Like, be proud of me. It wasn't yeah. even something I wanted to do. It was just something I wanted to do because I felt that's what they needed to see out of me. Hey. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. It, and then after a year there, I was like, dude, this, this is not me. This, is, this place is not for me. I don't intend on learning or majoring in any type of ministry. Mm. So what am I doing here? So I just, I left and went to Fullerton College, Junior College. I, I guess you're, you can say that uh, staying at Hope University was uh, hopeless. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I made the decision, decision to leave. Uh, the summer of 2009. Mm. Yeah. Summer 2000. Summer 2009, I left and then went to Fullerton College, which was a great decision because me and your sister ended up having a class together because she was doing Fullerton College and then Cal State Fullerton at the same I time. Know. I don't know how she did She that. was doing half and half. So we took, we had class together. We would meet up on campus and it, it was a good time. Like, yeah, I remember you guys like kicking it. We partied it. a lot. Y'all were oh y'all were gosh. kicking. I remember like Ellie would be at the house, be like, "Yo, are you ready?" I'm like, "What the heck? I thought you guys graduated high school." He's like, "Oh, we have a class together. You're in college." I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. History of rock and roll. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh wait, Super I do remember class. her taking that class. Super fun class. She told me about that one. Yeah, so it was 
you know, one of the best decisions I can make for myself at the time, but it's just, it was a lot of personal stuff, a lot of internal battle and stuff like that, getting, getting caught up with certain relationships where, like, I spent, like, probably, like, two, three years of my life at Fullerton, and I just couldn't do it anymore, mm-hmm. and that was, that was the end of it. I ended up going back, but I went to Long Beach City for, like, a semester, and that was about it, but... Yeah, it was just, I wanted to write to that particular version of myself because looking back now, I'm 31 now. Like I said, like I'm barely scratching the surface of unpacking all the trauma that I went through as a child, mm. you know, um, dating well into my teenage years. And then even the first, I want to say two years of college, I was still going through it. And it was like, it was it was literally a battle every single day and it was like why can my why can't my family connect to this adult version of me mm-hmm. why can't they they can't why can't they respect the things that i wanted to do the choices that i wanted to make mm-hmm. for me you yeah. know it was like it was always this expectation it was something on a level on a pedestal that i had to keep reaching and i was like i'm not going to spend my life climbing on this uphill battle and it's like constantly i'm being shut down and it's like i gotta start over again oh great i failed again you know so but that's when i sports was such a huge outlet for me growing up like playing it but not really dedicating myself to it but following the sport as you know by itself yeah even after i stopped playing and i was like you know, like looking at athletes, drawing inspiration from work ethics from Michael Jordan, from Kobe Bryant, of course. Yeah. Um, seeing as it has as how he grew as a rookie into number, you know, two Hall of Fame careers, number eight, and the transition in twenty four. So I drew a lot of inspiration and motivation from athletes, and I remember Jordan used to say, you know, he named all these shots he missed. He named all these all these um, game-winning shots he didn't make for his team all this time. All these times where he was telling himself, hey, I'm not always clutch. Mm-hmm. And he, I remember he used to, he quoted that a lot, where he was like, you know, I, I miss these many shots. I, I miss these many game-winning shots, but it's like I have failed over and over and over again in my life, but that is why I succeed. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me, like, it still sticks with me till this day. Yeah, And then... As Jordan was on his way out, when I was in middle school, we saw Kobe come in and become this gen that you know my generation's athlete yeah. and role model and stuff like that. So, drawing a lot of motivation, a lot of inspiration, looking at the evolution of these athletes, and it's like, mm-hmm. hey, the thing that I took away a lot from what Kobe used to teach was it's best to f- help somebody else find find what their calling is so they mm-hmm. can be the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. And he always stood by that. He always, he always taught that. He was the living proof of that in everything that he did, even after he retired with his business, with his books, with his coaching, you know, Gigi's team and all that stuff like that. Yeah. So it was a lot of, hey, do what you need to do to be the best version of yourself, but be that inspiration for the next person looking up to you, mm-hmm. for the next generation. To be mm-hmm. like, hey, I can. They figured out what what it, what what their true calling was, but they can also inspire me to figure out what I want to do. Yeah. 
and that that's always sat with me and it's it's life lessons Mm -hmm. so like you know like I said like I learned things the hard way but that was because I didn't know any better I didn't choose to do better or you know be better about it but that's you know the pressure breeds diamonds like if I didn't go through that if I didn't um was faced with all those challenges to like want to un grow up at this age being 31 and like finally starting to unpack all that mm. then I wouldn't be who I am today I wouldn't be sitting here today seeing this version of myself and writing that letter back to 18 year old me like hey this is who you this is who you become this is this is the progress that you've made yeah you know what I mean so yes I learned lessons the hard way yes there's there maybe have been steps that I could have taken to avoid situations and circumstances that I put myself in mm-hmm. but that would have not taught me the same lesson yeah you know so the same time I was like hey you try to get to this point and you failed but just remember the journey that you that you grew from mm-hmm. to take you there and as long as sometimes you remember to enjoy the journey that's all that's all that matters it doesn't matter where the destination is yeah as long as you have fun on your journey and just be kind to yourself. And the whole idea of mental health, where I told you earlier, Asians don't seek therapy. Mm-hmm. Asians, the, the minor, that this minority has probably the highest percentage of mental illnesses. And it's because we were always taught to not be weak, to show emotion, to speak up about pain, mm-hmm. to even allow ourselves to process a type of emotion yeah. is a lot for us mm-hmm. as a people. Yeah. And just even properly giving yourself time to go through that emotion is it, it's, it's it's more it's such a task. Like every single time I have to explain myself, every single time I have to speak up about something like, "Hey, I don't like this. Hey, this hurts me. Hey, this causes me causes me pain." Yeah. It, it's just you be shut, you just automatically get shut down. It's like, "No." Your emotions are not valid. Mm. So when I say as a muzzle, it's what my parents put on me. Yeah. It's like as you grow up, you have to learn to take that muzzle off and be like, hey, your emotions are valid. You're allowed to feel pain. You're allowed to experience any type of emotion, whether it be happy or sad. Like you can go through all these things. Like like I said, you can't grow through it unless you actually go through it. Yeah. So then when you like I said, you when you give when you just leave the baggage and let it build up and build up and build up it's gonna overflow it's gonna topple over and then by the time all those emotions are built up and you're just ready to just blow up yeah you're you know i you're gonna say things you don't mean you're gonna you're gonna cut people off you're gonna you're probably gonna say things you're gonna end up regretting later and that's and me now is at peace with the idea that that's okay. There are gonna be there's gonna be times where you you're gonna have to cut people off, yeah. not intentionally, yeah. But you are trying to better yourself. You're trying to work on your own personal self growth, mm. where you're gonna unconsciously dismiss those people. Yeah. But it's not it's not personal. It seems it's, like there's a lot of growth. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, yeah. that's fine. Go ahead. Oh. It seems like there, it's just um, like everything is kind of like in the letter to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a huge proponent 
um, importance of validation. Uh-huh. You know, validating yourself, your feelings, what you're going through. I mean, my girlfriend, she she loves the quote or has a shirt that says, you grow through what you go through. Yeah. You know, which is basically, you know, you say yeah. you go through and then you grow through. Yeah. Um, and it's so true. You know, um, the fact that you kind of bring a point to like... <clears throat> um, you know, wake up with a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, not just, uh, and it took, it took me a long time to find that purpose. Yeah. Cause you know, I was floating around for a long time, not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. Hell yeah. I was floating around. Too. Yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty I think sure, a lot of people, I'm yeah. pretty sure a lot of people can, can attest to that. Yeah. You know, you, you have this version of yourself that you think this timeline you put on yourself when you're in high school, like, Oh, I want to be married by 25. I want to have kids by 30. Stuff like that. But life's going to happen. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, can't live with the con- can't live to relinquish that control. Yeah. If they have that control issue and they think if I don't reach this milestone by this age, if I don't do this by this age, that's it for me. There's yeah. no way around that. Uh-huh. And it's such a And some people think like that. And yeah. it's like it's this mind control that that they put on themselves and it's like but the old the 31-year-old me is like it's okay. Mm-hmm. Be kind to yourself. Like, do things at your own pace. Yeah. It's not anybody else's timeline because they're not paying your bills. Mm-hmm. They're not repaying your student loans. Yeah. You know, it's this is all stuff that, you're, that you grow through because you, you're building this for yourself. Yeah. And growing up in a super traditional Asian family, it's like nothing's given to you like that. Yeah. There's no handouts. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, especially with my family, I'm not bred from riches. I'm not, I, I didn't grow up with all this money on me. Yeah. Everything I did, I had to work for. All that rice, you had a lot of work for. <laughs> yes, everything, there's no, there's no handouts. Get your bag. There's no handouts. Mm-hmm. And I think as you get older and you learn that all this is self-made, and then when you achieve all this and you know that you did it all by yourself, it's, it's a type of reward that cannot be replaced with any type of money yeah. or rich or, or wealth. When they mm. say wealth is a mindset, it is. It really is a mindset. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't have to do with money. Yeah. It and, really doesn't. And like, it's funny that you say that too, because mm-hmm. like my work, um, like well, massage too, but uh, my other work, like when we're trying to help people like with their finances. Right. Um, one of the biggest things is like, one of the biggest obstacles is uh, having the people see, do you see yourself having more money than you do now? And to have that conversation. Is it more like a, a question where it's like, where do you see yourself five years from now? Oh, not even that. Uh-oh. So the reason why we asked, or I asked that question is because when I meet with people, I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. well, what we're working on. Yeah. If this, if what we've provided is better than what the plan you got going, yeah, you want to go through with it. And they're like, absolutely, yeah, perfect. Um, and then the obstacle is, it's like when you create a solution and like this is this is gonna really work for mm-hmm. you. You just got to do this to get to that. Yeah, you know, um, there's a little. The obstacle is they don't see themselves doing that well. And so the reason why the question of like, where do you see yourself in five years? A lot of people don't know. A lot of people have, uh, they have an e- estimate, you know, they say like, oh, you know, yeah, I see myself in this time frame or something like that yeah. in five years. 
But when I ask them, I'm like, do you see yourself saving this much money? Do you see yourself making this much money? And it's really like a mental aspect. It, it's like it messes with their thinking because no one asked that question. Like if I asked you like, like, um, what's, uh, like, do you see yourself? Um, do they struggle more with the unbalance of being realistic versus being optimistic? Yeah. The whole need versus want concept? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they struggle and also with the identity that they have had. Ah. So uh, the wealthy mindset is also a sense of identity. Yes. If you believe you are worth this much, mm-hmm. oh, sure as hell, if you believe that every single day, that's things, your drive. Yeah, things are going to happen for you because you're literally believing that every single time you go. Yeah. Like, it's like it's like a Kobe, you know, he believed he was going to make every single shot. And mm-hmm. so that's why when people were like, oh, sorry, make that, you know, he believed it was going to go in. So when it comes to like money and wealthy or just even just wealth mindset, because yeah. wealth isn't just money. Wealth is like a, is a mindset. A health. You can be wealthy in your health. You yes. can be wealthy wealth is, in health your... Health is wealth. Yes. Yeah. And so when you kind of think, it's just like, do you see yourself being healthy? Do you see yourself exercising every day? Do you mm-hmm. see yourself... And people can imagine it, but it's like, okay, now if you can imagine it, why not start tomorrow? You know, people don't have an execution plan they don't have an execution plan and it's also because they've associated their current being as their identity and that's all it is yeah exactly so when you say like especially in this when you, you go through what you you grow you through grow what through been, what you go through mm-hmm. yeah like people are scared of because of like the unknown you know yes and it's yes. huge because and if, failure yeah when you yeah. mix unknown failure and the opinions of others you never take that you risk. have a cocktail of self-destruction yes and self-destruction yes. doesn't have to even result in like hurting yourself it can be as destructive as inactivity you yes know that sense? Mm-hmm. yeah not being proactive yeah so mm-hmm. i really like when you say like you know uh that everything you take it's a lot of accountability yeah you know accountability like how you put accountability on being able to take the muzzle off mm-hmm. accountability of being able to uh you know not let the bag the baggage sit in the corner yeah and, like unpack it yeah and then also the accountability of like the drive you know don't forget where everything's going enjoy the journey keep going yeah you know and like what was it journey is the whole point of a journey is to move Exactly. If you're not moving, no, nothing else is going to move for you, around yeah. you. Yeah. Only at amusement parks. But guess what? <laughs> you got to get to the amusement park to yeah. make that happen. Yeah. And so I, I really like your message. And it's also something that's I, also the last line. I can see why like you're on your way to becoming the best version of you. Mm-hmm. Not somebody else's version. Yeah. The best your version. own best version. Whether whatever, whatever you feel is deems right. Yeah, yeah. And, and because everybody, so don't you ever sleep on you, you know, because everybody else is awake. Mm, that's yeah. my favorite line. I like my that. My favorite bar. Is that your bar? No, that's my bar. Oh, okay. like a freestyle right there. Yeah, and, and I like that because it's like, you know. It's as, a lot of self-doubt. Yeah. It's a lot of self-doubt that you have to, you have to remove from your mind. Yeah, and and it's also, I really like the fact that you, I, I'm probably like, Really I am my own uh, worst enemy. Uh, uh, that well, is yeah. me. Mm-hmm. There's that too. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I 
I, I, I'm pretty, I'm assessing it too. It's kind of like, you know, you being able to uh, articulate the amount of hours in your day, the amount of time you have. Everybody gets the same 24 hours. Yeah. And so when you say like, don't ever sleep on you, you know, as much as I love sleep. (laughs) Yes, I I love sleep too. uh, Yeah. Which is great. Everyone needs it. Yeah. But then... Like it's crazy to think like people are sleep sleeping on themselves while they're awake, you know, and that's mm. that inactivity. That's like yes. that just going through the Stag- motions, being stagnant. Yeah, if you're yeah. not, yeah, if you're not doing anything for your own growth, yeah, you basically sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> sleeping while you're awake, basically. Yeah, sleeping with your eyes open. Yeah, because yeah. when you think about it, sleeping is like survival, mm-hmm. right? You do it because you, your body needs to rest. Your body needs sleep, air, and water. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's survival. So then let's say if you're going about your day yeah. and you're not doing anything to grow you, you're just surviving. There's no thriving mm-hmm. on anything. And so, and I really also like the fact that because everybody is, everybody else is awake now. Everybody sees that potential in you, but you are so, you are so consumed by your own self-doubt. Yeah, that you don't that that blinds you from any anybody else that sees that potential in you. Yeah, and, and it doesn't even have to be that person constantly every day reminding you. You have to remind that for yourself. Yeah, and you know that's why like it's like um, I I remember I was actually I know this is like a little off topic, but I, <laughs> I was I was watching. Side um, note. Yeah, I was watching um, some like. You know, my favorite player, NBA players, you know, like T-Mac, Kobe. Yes, yes. All the really, really great players. We were talking about Dirk earlier. Yeah, Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, and like, and then I I think I was listening to, who was I listening to? I was listening to, I think it was Paul George Mm -hmm. uh, on um, Smoke, what was it? All the smoke. All the smoke. I love that podcast. Yeah, it, it was a good uh, interview. Stephen Jackson and, Matt, and Barnes. Matt Barnes. Yeah, so I was I was watching it, and then but the message that all the really really great players have, mm-hmm. it that I've noticed is that if they had the if they have the opportunity to play, they'll mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, you know, for the love of the game. Yeah, but also because and Steve Nash even brought it up too. It's finite. The opportunity is finite. You're not going to be able to play NBA basketball when you're like 45. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're Vince Carter. Well, he was 42. 42, <laughs> 43. But then his last name was like was yeah. basically a wash. <laughs> yeah, and so like, uh, like the life is is fragile. Yeah, but it's also we're learning that yeah. right now at this moment in 2020. Yeah. But it's only as, like, fragile as you make it to be. Because mm-hmm. then if you give yourself, you know, that... If you go through things that are uncomfortable, that pressure, that, you know, really seizing that moment... You have to learn to get uncomfortable yeah. first, too. It's like, why not... A lot of people think it's just like, why not be the the star in your own movie? I like that. I struggle with that for a long time. And I still struggle. I still have my yeah. days where I struggle with that. With, like, the whole idea of... Um, being too comfortable yeah and just kind of letting your life run on the same pace for a long time yeah because you're just comfortable with where you're at mm-hmm. yeah and i have my days like that i have days where i'm oh, in a rut yeah. you wake up and you're in a rut you're like yeah, why am i keep going at something that i don't even know i don't even have a timeline on where it's i'm gonna finish or not 
Yeah. But you just got to keep going. Yeah. Like, I remember one of the biggest comparisons. Oh, also, this, people, you can chime on this one, too. Yes. Um, one of the biggest things that um, I learned in my, my business, it was like, uh, my mentor said, it's just like, you know what? You know, there's so many different personalities when it comes to business and mm-hmm. so many different personalities when it comes to anything. When you are your own business, when you're your business, you are a business, like how you act on a daily basis affects your business. You yeah. Know? It is you. You embody It's that. a reflection of you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when um, one of the things he says is like, you know what? There's a lot of people in this room. And I was like, oh, Sam. <laughs> yeah. And so he said, it's just like a lot of people, oftentimes, they're professional starters. Mm. And so it's just like, I was like, what is he talking about? Yeah. And he's like, professional starters are people who can start anything. Right. And literally start anything. Yeah. But they don't see it to the end, you know? Mm. Like, they're, that's what makes them professional. Like, and I saw that I in myself. I kind of see that in myself, too. Yeah, like, I... Where it's, like, like you have this whole this whole plan, and you wake up in the morning, you're like, I'm going to do this, this, and that, and the third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to start, I'm going to start today, yeah. and then, you know, and so you see how it goes. And you start one day, and you stick to it, and the next day, you're like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> and it's so At least I tried. Yeah. And yeah. so I was just like, what? It's, t- it's tough to get out of that mindset. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're a professional star. And I totally found myself because I, I often do that to myself too. Because yeah. I, I feel like a lot of what I confuse and maybe other people confuse this too. I confuse being busy with being productive. Mm. So if there's I'm, a fine line, if I'm starting a different, multiple different things, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm busy, I'm productive. But then being productive is like when you do, when you execute yeah. and you follow through and yes. you be consistent. Because follow through, yeah, productivity in the word itself mm-hmm. is just like progress. You're growing productivity it's going towards that's like when you it's like when you shoot the ball and you don't there's a 50 50 scenario (laughs) whether it goes in or not but if you think you already 10 steps ahead of oh this night might not go in i better follow through and Mm -hmm. grab my own rebound that's equivalent to that same scenario yeah versus being busy where you're just releasing the shot and just oh let's see if it goes in or not i might go in might not but or if it doesn't somebody even, else just get the ball let's say you even get to the shot you're just busy <laughs> dribbling like yeah. you're like look at all these moves away for an assist yeah stand around not moving without the ball <clears throat> yeah. waiting for an assist <laughs> so like and i confuse those things and yes. so what i'm getting at is that a, a lot of times like uh based off from what you were telling me about like enjoying the journey it's mm-hmm. like enjoying the journey it takes it's an active approach you know you can't just be a professional starter you got to be a professional finisher yes you know and you you got to be productive rather than busy and you keep your foot on the gas i really like that too yeah cuz as soon as you let up you know other people are going to catch up and it's not even a, like you don't even have to be racing. You just you want to be able to separate yourself because that's who you are. Like Nipsey that's, said, it's not a, it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. And the marathon keeps continuing day by day. For sure, inch yeah. by inch. Mm-hmm. And so, well, one of the things I want to the biggest takeaway that I got from this too. Well, a ton of them actually, <laughs> but one of the biggest ones was like, you know, is uh. Is like um, 
the fact that the baggage keeps building and building. Mm -hmm. And so I really, it was really interesting because I was like, oh snap, you know, sometimes a lot of the time we allow things to pile up and we go about our day. We bottle it up. We bottle it mm -hmm. up and it actually carries with us. Yes. It's just like that saying where it's like, um, it's not, oh, when it's, it's not the mountain, the size of the mountain. Yeah. That's the most difficult part about the journey yeah it's the pebble in the sandal or the pebble in the shoe when making that journey yeah what's holding you back yeah yeah and that you know have you had a rock in your shoe yeah and just walk oh like that or like when you're running and then a rock yeah yeah and it's like oh and it's like you just stop suddenly and it's like it's just pain yeah yeah and so that's and it, and especially because when you go about doing things in your life like you got to unpack and go or you yes. got to unpack as you go as you go but you Don't have, not wait for yeah you answer. have to unpack yeah you know and so and i really we all hate unpacking yeah mm -hmm. i really like that because a lot of the unpacking has to deal with my own self-doubt yeah. the fear of failure you have uh, to you just have to unpack because it draws back to you just can't find the root of it you got to get to the root of it yeah so when you get to the root of it you tackle it you unpack it and you move on and you feel better. Yeah. And you and, begin to heal. And if you don't know the so root. Let yourself heal. Yeah. If you mm -hmm. don't know the root, uh, I like to draw a comparison of like a pile of clothes. Mm -hmm. if you, you know how like when people have like uh, <laughs> that treadmill or something like that? Yes. <laughs> or like and then all of a sudden the treadmill becomes like a clothing rack. And you're not using yes. it. But yeah, it's just like when you're putting dirty laundry, you know, you throw more and more clothes. And air it out. You won't get to any, the root of anything mm -hmm. unless you take it bit by bit. If you literally took one piece of clothing a day yeah. or every week you mm -hmm. get somewhere yes. so i feel like that's a really good unpacking kind of comparison yeah i don't know man that was actually we went through Woo! a lot of stuff i really i that really enjoyed i really enjoyed this letter to yourself Thank especially because it covers like you know mental mentality mm -hmm. growth and it, even lauren hills in it. <laughs> um, love lauren hill so what was your in the clutch moment Who? when you were 18? I know you made the, what I feel like is like, oh, snap, making that shift from Hope College or university and then mm -hmm. going to uh, Fullerton College. That's huge because there's a lot of uncertainty. You literally took a scholarship to one place and were like, all right, I I'm did. done. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, you know, that, that, uh, that's, that's only one example. I don't know. Yeah. What other, what, what's an opportunity um, that you felt like you were in the clutch? My in the clutch moment for me. At 18. That's crazy. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can point out in the clutch moment for me at 18. Mm. But the 31 year old me that's writing this letter to the 18 year old me. Yeah. This moment right now is the in the clutch moment for me. Mm. Because now it's like you're having an outer body experience where you're, your inner you is stepping out of the real you yeah, yeah. and attesting and assessing how far you've come. And yeah. that's my in the clutch moment right here, right now. Explaining this to you yeah. is my in the clutch moment. I bet it felt pretty cool having me read it. Too. Yes, it's really cool. It's like, <laughs> oh man, like what book is this? Like, is it excerpt from a book? Like, where can I pick it up? <laughs> yeah. Is it on audiobooks? Um, Kindle? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, actually having you read it to me. I I went through the the words again. I went through the emotions again. Yeah. Well, when you're typing it, it's more like, 
you're just typing your words out. But having somebody actually read that back to you is like, man, that's the in the clutch moment. This, this, this is it right here. Yeah. Being 30, 31 years of age, 31 years around the sun, and you are talking back to your younger self, like, hey, this is who you become. Yeah. So all those lessons, all those, all those tears, blood, sweat, every emotion that you went through, every, every moment that you felt that you could not dig yourself out of that hole, like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. And it's always like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. But you, but you got up and you kept fighting anyway. Yeah. So 31 year old me is telling 18 year old me is you, you are the, the evolved growing person you become the best vision of yourself is you're in the clutch moment yeah is you is who you become and it's just gonna continue to keep rising yeah you're gonna you're gonna get to the top of that mountain yeah yeah there's gonna be more rocks and you're gonna stop you you know you're gonna be in pain there's other things you're gonna have to go through but now you're learning to unpack that issue one by one yeah instead of the 18 year old you who kept who kept that baggage just piling up and piling up. Now the 31-year-old you knows how to unpack that one by one. That's so you don't huge. go through that again. That's big. That's, that's big Life game. Life lesson. Ellie. Yes. That's that, some heavy game for you here at In The Clutch Podcast. Well, let me just ask you this <laughs> final question. Okay. Okay. So we know what you wrote, you would write to your 18-year-old self. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, with a little bit of imagination, go ahead and kind of imagine your... 18 year old self right now yeah okay so what would the 18 year old self say back say (laughs) say about what you've achieved at age 31 oh what would my 18 year old self say to my 31 year old self now? yeah about what what you what i've become yeah oh man um right real short i would just put it real short i would say i wouldn't believe it if you told me at 18 that I was going to be who I am now, sitting here on a podcast, living out my failed college <laughs> dreams of being a sports broadcaster and not going through with it, but then now later on in life at that 31, finding another platform for you to live out those dreams, mm-hmm. even though it's a different route, yeah. totally different journey, you yeah. know? But you're uh, you're 31 now. Yeah. Lessons under your belt, a lot of mileage on you, but you're older and wiser. Yeah. I would say, wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Wouldn't believe it. And and the crazy part is, every day I I you know I have ideas. I come to the the recording and I talk to you and we have our talks before the recording of the episode. We laugh. We talk about all sorts of different things like. Every day that I bring this energy to the podcast is is an outlet for me. Yeah. And eighteen year old me was not comfortable. Was yeah. uncomfortable. Eighteen year old me would not would never do that. Eighteen year old me would be like, "What? Talk about my feelings on a podcast to <laughs> strangers in other countries who's listening to me, or and maybe somebody there? who who knew me at the time who's listening to this and be like airing out some some very personal stuff." Yeah, you know, like. 18-year-old me was, not gonna, was never going to see myself doing that. Yeah. And because I didn't want to get uncomfortable, I didn't want to step out of my comfort zone, I never chased my dreams. But now 31-year-old me is comfortable. I mean, 
is learn to be learning to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And thirty one year old me is like, you know what? That just goes back to what I said in my letter, attesting to the fact that you are your own timeline. Yeah. Cause 31-year-old 30, me was like, oh, I need to have kids. I need to get, you know, get married, blah, blah, blah. Like, 31-year-old me is still unpacking feelings. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like attesting, to, going back to that same scenario, that same concept. Like, you dictate your own timeline. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody else tell you this is, what, this is what you need to be doing at this age. This is what you need to be doing at this age. Why haven't you done this already? Move at your own pace. Mm-hmm. And... Now 31-year-old me is like, hey, it took me that long to do that, but I did it. I never stopped. Yeah. Okay, I veered off my path a little bit. I might have been distracted. I had the rock in my shoe, but I'm still climbing the mountain. Mm-hmm. I never once stopped and turned back around and be like, no, I quit. Yeah. Maybe I stopped. Maybe I was in the middle and I, I hit a, a life speed bump or something got thrown my way and it was like, I remember I used to always tell people this, where like, ew, ew. and I had to learn to take my own advice. Where I was like, if God put you, if God put you up to it, is because He knows you can go through it. Real talk. Yeah, let's go. He wouldn't, He wouldn't put something on your plate. He didn't know that you could, that you can, that you can go through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's what's up. I could tell that it was pretty deep. 31-year-old me for, is in the for, clutch for right the now. the 18-year-old you to tell you, like, you yeah. don't believe it. That's that's pretty powerful stuff, especially because mm-hmm. it's like... It doesn't even matter. Maybe 10 years from now, the 41-year-old me is going to be <laughs> like, whoa, the 31-year-old me really thought that? But hey, this is the 31-year-old me. Yeah, yeah. And that's... Every moment can be in the clutch. You never know. You can... You can still be 90 years old. You can still be having these type of in-the-clutch moments. Mm-hmm. It's what, it's how you define it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what you make of it and how you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is, and nobody else is going to take that liberty from you. You have, you have the energy, you have the right, you have all the tools it takes to, to set up your life. Mm-hmm. Like I said, but it starts with a mindset. Hell yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's crazy. Starting one year old me, man. <laughs> it's so Here crazy. we are. But yeah. That w- See, now I feel better because now, now that I wrote that letter and now that you're asking me these questions and putting me on the spot, that's more unpacking that I, that I just did. Yeah. You know? But I'm doing it on a podcast, so it's like, Whoever, whoever's ears that this reaches, and it's like, you're not alone. I, there, I know there's people out there going it through way worse, or maybe has never, was never able to understand. Ooh, yeah. And I saw this interview from Will Smith when he went on the Red Table Talk, you know, the one that Jada runs with his, with his mother-in-law. Love that. He said, you can't heal from something you don't understand. Ooh. And that is, that's very heavy mm. because now I'm on this podcast speaking about it and somebody is going to, is going to hear, is going to listen. They'll be like, Hey, I didn't understand that. Maybe, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm not saying this is going to happen. Like I'm going to reach somebody. And it's, it's totally going to happen. It's totally going to be related. It's no, going to happen. But maybe somebody sure. is going to be like, Hey, 
I listened to how she said it. I, this is, she shared that experience from her heart. But now it's helping me realize that I went through the same thing. But I didn't allow myself to heal from that. But whatever outlet you have to heal, to talk, to... Like, I didn't... I was completely against therapy before. Yeah. But as I got older, you know what? Like, I was just like, you know what? An unbiased opinion is probably the best opinion for you. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's somebody who's there with no judgment of your past, who doesn't even know anything about your past. Yeah, I don't know a lot of but they're si- <laughs> But they're sitting there and they're helping you unpack all these things. Yeah. And it's an unbiased judgment. It's just like based off of what you tell them, and what they're gonna, what they're gonna diagnose as? Oh, this, this is this. Maybe you should try doing this. But I was completely against therapy before. Dude, therapy is awesome. But Got then, me through a lot of stuff. Yeah, but then now it's like, hey, no, the therapy. This is actually hey, very therapeutic. Uh, yes, unpacking your feelings is very therapeutic. But See, now you get to do it. Mic. Yeah, now now you get to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Now you don't you don't have you don't need somebody as a prompt. Ooh. Now you get to the point where you are okay. To give to give this part of yourself out to the world. Give it a voice. Yes. And somebody else, somebody somewhere is going to listen to this and they're going to be like, hey, if she can do it, so can I. Yeah. And that's oh, all we care about. I I definitely want to, what is it? There's, there's so much. <laughs> I know. There, there's so much we got to unpack. But, yes. uh, but this I, is part one yeah. of the letter to my younger self. So next episode, we are going to touch on... Oh, what his letter to his younger self is going to be like, and I get to read it. I don't have my my uh, Kindle voice for this. Oh well, I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to thank you, Ellie, for taking the time to actually like write this letter. Mm-hmm. Coming up with this idea was great. Yes, and then also being very like active, you know, towards where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, like when you had this idea of doing the podcast i was like oh yeah i'm game but uh um, <laughs> but andrew just all that andrew is naturally such a supportive person but like when he sat down and really like executed this i'm like oh andrew you are a natural you should have been doing this why didn't we do this sooner <laughs> why do we wait so long to do this and but it's funny, better late than never yeah i know it i think we had to we had to experience some things in our life and we you're like, hey, I'm grow. okay to talk about it now. Hell, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, like um, it, it's just crazy, and I just wanted to commend you for sharing and being so um, like open about it. You know, thank you. It took me a long time to even get to this point, but I'm here now. So yeah, my story hopefully can help somebody else. That's all that matters. What was it? I can't wait. It's gonna be. What was it 13 years ago? So I can't wait for the next 13. <laughs> It's going to be crazy. Man, can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. You're probably going to be like, man, I got so many things to say Hopefully, now. 13 <laughs> years later, I'm going to have some kids. And I'm going to be retelling this story to my kids. Oh, you're going to... Why don't you just have them have a listen? Well, I don't know. I, I just figured back then I just I have kids on my lap. And I'll still be recording. <laughs> 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 Doing a home recording and setting it to be like, hey, Andrew, edit this. Yeah, I hear you. But we never know. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. And it's it's so amazing how you've been. Like, I know this podcast is like an hour, an hour, more than an hour. Hour and a half. But like, 
that's when you think about it. It's 13 years of experience. Worth of life experience. Worth of life Cram experience. Into one Crammed into not recording. only one letter, but also a recording as yeah. well. Yeah. So I think that's just phenomenal. And mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, it's not as, it's not like, it was not as easy as just saying like one quote or a cliche saying. Yeah. You know, it is composed of so many different um things and sayings or quotes that gravitate towards you towards those type of experiences that you may have had it from or that you had from 18 to now yeah so i think that's so dope i, I really like this you know as you can tell <laughs> thank and you I, andrew I, I also like the interviewing aspect <laughs> yes. you, you know how i am i but, know how you are <laughs> yeah i'm just like but i can't wait till i get to be in that seat oh, next week man, so you on the hot seat oh great it's gonna be i get good. to be the interviewer uh, go ahead. Take, let let Anchor know what's up. Oh, Anchor, are you still there? <laughs> <laughs> um, as always, we appreciate you, Anchor, um, Anchor FM, uh, to provide us and in the clutch to be our anchor um, for you, for us to bring this information and be here with you guys, provide um, all this insight. <laughs> but uh, as always, shout out to Anchor FM. Um, thank you for being in the clutch for us. And yeah, Andrew, want to close it out? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to In the Clutch podcast. And I just want to let you guys know mm-hmm. if you see any value, anything that you feel like someone else is experiencing this or even yourself too, feel free to share this and mm-hmm. let people know what's up. Be and like, so- yo, I relate to this or I thought about you when I heard this podcast. And I just want to <laughs> let you know. What is your, or ask them, what is your in the clutch moment? <laughs> yes, but everybody who gives, like all my friends, all my listeners, all our listeners um, as a whole, who give us commentary and let us know like how we do in each episode, we always appreciate you guys. We always appreciate feedback. Oh, yeah. Um, let us, let, it lets, it gives us, um, lets us know that we at least did something right. It's awesome. I love it. Love it. All right. So thank you for listening to the Clutch Podcast. And by the way, have a great, awesome day. And guess what? You dictate your timeline. Yes. Mush be your own drum. Mic drop. Boom. Boom. And And see you next time. Bye.